Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 32. We are available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many more. If you are enjoying the show, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It'll help grow the show and it would be greatly appreciated. If you would like to support the show financially, you could go to anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast and press the support button to contribute for as low as 99 cents a month to help improve the show financially. You will be given a shout out at the beginning of the following episode and will be greatly appreciated as well if you can't contribute no worries the podcast will go on as per usual so for today we're going to talk about the general news then our recent activities and then e3 getting canceled and a bunch of other things so first is ghost of tsushima was officially announced or the uh, story trailer uh was shown off and we were given a official release date which is june 26 2020 yeah so i'm finally having the games coming out because i've been looking forward to it um, mm-hmm. You know, I, the story trailers really don't do much for me anymore because just like okay, like I get it, I'm gonna be playing the game anyway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but you know, I watch it. It's like yeah, it's about what you expect. Like you know, it seems like a samurai story. This guy really hates the Mongolians, and now he wants to kill all of them and stuff like that in honor and samurai stuff. You know, you know the typical stuff you would probably mm-hmm. expect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to like really like the gameplay and stuff because I feel like we haven't really seen too much of it. Like we had one, you know, that one E3, I think. Um, I, I don't remember which E3. Uh, well, it had to be 2018 because it wasn't 2019. Uh, you know, when it shows some gameplay and stuff like that. But I really want to see, like, raw gameplay. So I'm kind of excited to, like, when it finally comes out to see reviews and see how it really is. Um, but, you know, I have faith in uh, Sucker Punch that they can make a great game. You know, they did it with Sly and uh, Infamous. So no reason to really doubt them. Yeah. I'm obviously really excited for it just because it's from Sucker Punch and I have a lot of faith in them in terms of like making really good games uh and this seems like something that they've been like really passionate about and something that they've done a lot of research on and things like that so uh it's gonna be very very cool to actually finally try out and play and like you said you know like most of the gameplay quote-unquote that we've been shown doesn't really feel like gameplay sort of thing um so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, when we get into the game itself, like, we have, like, the HUD and stuff, but on, like, a super hard mode or, like, in, like, the settings, you can, like, actually turn off that HUD just to make the game harder for you and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I actually bought the uh, special edition sort of thing with the uh, Steelbook. I didn't go for the collector's edition because it comes with, like, a, uh, other things that I really don't need, and it's a lot more expensive for her. One sixty nine ninety nine. So I kind of just went with the uh, sixty nine ninety nine one. So, you know, it's a little bit more expensive, but you know, it just kind of shows that I am more than happy to pay a little bit more to get a little bit extra. But yeah, definitely excited that it's actually coming out. Not towards the end of the summer, but sort of like in the middle, in like June. So yeah, I, st- I still say it's pretty early because you know it comes out June at least. You know, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got more, I guess, PlayStation, Sony stuff. Uh, the Last of Us series is uh, is getting developed with HBO, and specifically, it's gonna be from the Chernobyl creators, which was like a little short uh, mini series about Chernobyl and stuff like that. that I heard was really good. I actually was mm-hmm. meaning to watch that, but um, it seems like that creator, you know, that seems like a good fit. You know, Last of Us is basically something like that, where it's just like, <laughs> you know, just horribleness of. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but, like a post-apocalyptic sort of. Yeah, thing. so it seems like a good fit, and you know that series got a lot of praise. Um, and I honestly just think like TV shows are probably just better for a lot of things. So I feel like they might be able to really make a good thing here. Um, like, um, what was I gonna say? 
I don't know. I just feel like like just shows work better just to like build characters and stuff like that. You know, for The Last of Us, like I feel like with a movie, it might just get dumbed down to like a uh, like an action movie and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be nice to see them really. Also, it's HBO. Like that's a big deal too because you know HBO usually produces really good stuff. So I don't know. This is looking pretty pretty good. You know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm super excited for this uh, just because of the fact that Neil Druckmann is uh, signed on as writer and creative director. So he kind of has like almost final say in terms of like what happens within the show so that is pretty cool to know that like this isn't going to be like a really like half-ass adaptation because he's directly working on it with uh the guy from chernobyl as well uh and i do agree with you like you said like tv shows just help build more character and build more of a compelling story that compared to a movie because like even if like they made like a three-hour last of us movie it would not do whatever sort of like limited series that they're going to do for this justice yeah. sort of thing um so and the the hbo series is, is going to retell the entire first game story and then some bits from the second game so if i had to guess like what i would want from this is that like you know they're like jumping between like the past and present sort of thing maybe uh, is what they're gonna do possibly i'm not sure but uh yeah uh, in terms of like who they're gonna like cast and stuff like that you know as long as uh we are in or like fans are you know convinced that these are joel and ellie i think that that's gonna be fine but yeah it's definitely interesting that they're not gonna do like a spin-off series but more or less just like retelling the first game story so yeah so uh, i think i think it would be pretty good honestly and I, i've never mm-hmm. even played last of us so I, and I, but i do think the game can make a good uh like show and things like that so yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So next we got Project A, and now known as Valorant, revealed uh, with some gameplay as well uh, and things like that. So uh, yeah, it looks it looks just like how like it was pretty <coughs> much just described as like sort of like it looks like CS, but it's also like Overwatch sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I was watching the gameplay. And I kind of have some mm-hmm. concerns. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like the two things... And I said this when they first announced it, where it was like, oh, it's like a tactical shooter, like CSGO, but with Overwatch abilities. I'm like, I don't know if those two things really mix, because I know a lot of people that, you know, play those games, and, you know, they really dislike either one part of it or the other. Like, you know, Overwatch players don't want that, like, super tense, like, you die and that's it, that CS, mm-hmm. like, uh, CSGO has. You know, CSGO players really don't want hero abilities or anything like that because it just causes a mess. And from seeing this gameplay, I could kind of see that because they have the same map design and, like, a lot of the same, like, gameplay philosophies that CSGO has, but with Overwatch abilities. And just seeing them, like, fire off abilities in these small corridors, like, it just seems like a mess. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I really don't see how, like, it would be a good fit. Maybe people would just get used to it, but I don't know. I feel like combining these these two things together doesn't really work, at least to me. Um, yeah. And just from seeing the gameplay, like it just seems like I can see a lot of people getting super salty about, um, you know, certain abilities and stuff just because the maps are so tight, like CS:GO. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can see where those points come from. Uh, and the uh, the main ability that was like used throughout like the little gameplay footage was like the green like smoke thing yeah which like i didn't notice at first but when i was when i was watching the uh, courage in nate shot show with uh, fedmeister uh they were actually talking about valorant and uh the main thing that like i guess is like sort of like absent from like uh 
FPS shooters is like really good and like really solid like ranking system. Mm-hmm. And since like Riot's like known for like you know in League of Legends and like TFT, like their ranking system is sort of like pretty self-explanatory. Because you know skill-based matchmaking and like Call of Duty and like Fortnite, like they're really, really tired of that. They're like we want something that like shows them that like they're good sort of thing. Right. And you know I. I'm pretty sure they're just gonna slap the whole league thing on there, but maybe like rebrand it just a little bit. Uh, but going back in terms in terms of like the gameplay, the main ability that was shown off was the uh, like green smoke, and like the thing that I didn't notice was that like enemies that walk in there, they get to like one HP. Oh, what the so, hell? Yeah. Yeah. So like that's that's the ability itself is that like it's smoke but at the same time if enemies walk in they're risking themselves from like getting one shot almost so like it'll go down to one but you won't die from it so you're kind of just like risking your health sort of thing right uh there's probably like a lot of like other little nuances that we didn't notice in the gameplay trailer from just watching it but yeah you know it is just it looks like cs with uh overwatch like abilities so i'm not sure how i mean like the game itself is probably going to do like super duper well because people are really interested in the game like after it was like announced people were like memeing up like their uh, twitter brows like pro valorant player this and that so people are very very excited for this game and when you know beta does come out because riot did reach out on twitter and was like hey any content creators that want to participate in the beta hit us up this and that so pretty sure when this game does hit beta there's going to be a lot of people watching it because there are are many content creators that are interested in it and at the same time the game uh, is very interesting to those that just want to play it so yeah i mean like these tactical shooters usually do well anyway like there's not too many of them it's like csgo and like rainbow six siege that i could think of um mm-hmm. you know i'm just not a big fan of these type of shooters so you know i like tf2 and things like that you know overwatch like things that aren't as hardcore <laughs> but um mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be looking forward to it i mean i'll probably play it so yeah and like you know, it's probably going to be free to play, and you're probably going to be able to play it on like most PCs, sort of thing. Yeah, the game doesn't look that taxing, so. Yeah, because that's just how Riot like works. Like they're just like, all right, we'll make it free to play, and like most PCs can like run it, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is good. So like a lot of people are are going to have access to this game and be able to play it, hopefully. Uh, so that is pretty exciting. But right now, uh, it's planned for uh, summer 2020 release. Uh, but that could obviously change and we don't have a beta date yet but once it does you know hit you'll probably just check twitch and it'll probably be like number one or number two game on twitch so uh but yeah i'm pretty excited to go and see where this game goes honestly yep all right so now we got the the black widow this is the last trailer uh mm-hmm. basically it just shows a lot of things we already know like it show more taskmaster and um Freaking, uh, what's his face um, from Stranger Things? <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, he, I forget his name in Hopper. the movie, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah him. Uh, <laughs> he's the uh, he's he's uh, Black Widow's dad, sort of thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, it, it looks good. I mean, from all the trailers we've ever seen, that this one's just kind of putting it all together and stuff like that. Well, she has mm-hmm. to, I guess, fight like other hers you know not other her you know what i mean like other like i guess like soldier type things i guess yeah people that were like in her uh, uh, trained like her sort y- of thing yeah so it looks like that's what they're going with um taskmaster looks pretty cool you know i can't wait to see the fights with him he seems to appear a lot in the movie there seems to be a lot of like chase scenes and fight scenes with him so 
I like it when villains usually show up a lot because it's it's cool. <laughs> you got a lot mm-hmm. more fights and things like that. Um, and it's gonna be more interesting to see more of uh, Black Widow and stuff like that. Uh, again, you know, spoiler alert: but she, you know, she isn't exactly around anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Like, I, I mean, I'm imagining at the end of this movie they're gonna be like, oh, she's gonna come back or something maybe because it's just weird that you're just giving her a whole movie and so much character development and she's already like not around anymore. So it's, it feels a little weird. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm expecting them to like do some weird stuff where she's gonna be back in some way. I think. Yeah, it's definitely um uh, interesting because like this is like a prequel ish movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure like how well the movie's gonna do with like everything going on right now. Oh yeah, you're right. But <laughs> <laughs> you know I. I would not be surprised if this movie does get delayed from its May 1st release date. So far, it's going to stay like that because I guess Disney doesn't think that it's going to escalate up until then sort of thing. Uh, Hopefully by then it does die down. Uh, But the trailer itself, I think that this is the best trailer we got because it honestly like tells us a lot more in terms of like where the movie's going in terms of like its direction. And I honestly really did like this trailer and I believe... uh, the actor that that played uh, Hopper in Stranger Things, I believe his name is Red Guardian or something like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, it it looks like another Marvel action movie sort of thing. So, but just with Black Widow and it's taking place after Civil War, but before uh, Infinity War. So, yeah, you know, you can expect uh, Black Widow to not die in this movie. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it actually yeah so. me too uh you know i really like it when they go like the weird like military type movie like um what's it uh captain america all the captain americas basically i love those movies so yeah mm-hmm. i guess we have to see yeah okay so this one was <laughs> very very interesting so gamestop appoints reggie as one of their board of directors so if you don't know gamestop's fucking dying um, GameStop is not in a very, very good yeah, place right now. Yeah, they've been dying for a while. <laughs> <so>. Yeah. <laughs> and I can definitely see why. Because I, I actually went into my local GameStop uh, after a doctor's appointment because it was just nearby. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'll just walk in there, see how it is. And, like, half the store is, like, geeky pop culture things yeah. with, like, figures and T-shirts now. And, like, you know, they only have, like, a section for, like, switch xbox one and ps4 games with very little like uh you know last gen stuff because most of the stories like other things figures t-shirts i honestly feel like they should do go back because i feel like that was the only reason i went to gamestop i know there's other stores that do this but you know gamestop is like the biggest one i feel they really Mm -hmm. should like use that like last gen older stuff you know because i feel like that's a niche they could probably still do pretty well uh, mm-hmm. Like, the last time I went to a GameStop was when I got my Switch. <laughs> like, like I haven't went to a GameStop in, like, three years. But when I used to go, I barely bought new games. I mostly bought, like, oh, here's, like, a GameCube game or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that was the main appeal to GameStop for me. I know they probably don't make as much money from that, but I don't know. I felt like that was, like, the, the thing I went to GameStop for the most, you know? Yeah. So, by them having, like, Reggie come on board is definitely very interesting. And, and he's probably going to have, like, a lot of, like insight on the industry and where like GameStop should go so hopefully he'll be able to turn it around uh but yeah like you said uh it would be very cool if they actually you know focused more on games 
in the store yeah and, and instead of like all of the other stuff because like you know like normally when i walk into GameStops these days uh it's not it's it's very likely that i'll come out with nothing because like most of the the time like the games like there's not a lot that interests me and if there are games that i want you know they're kind of like a little expensive or like out of out of my personal price range sort of thing uh so i wonder how how reggie's going to actually like influence gamestop in like a really like positive way at this point because like the company's not really in a good spot like i said earlier yeah it's it's just weird that he would just choose this is like i guess he just really wants to save it because there's no other reason why he would even be here so and i guess the mm-hmm. GameStop is just like yeah dude come on <laughs> help us <laughs> so it's a weird decision but hopefully he could uh he could save GameStop because that'd be nice to see it like brought up to relevancy again but i highly doubt it honestly like i just think i think it's just dead like i i use amazon for all my physical purchases now like i barely go out to like buy games like I I can't remember the last time I went to actually get a game like physically through a store. If I wanted some physically, I just went through Amazon. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I feel like these brick and mortar stores, like these niche ones, like you know, Toys R Us, GameStop, things that just sold one thing are kind of just dead now. But mm-hmm. I, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, Reggie could like save it because you know I have a lot of nostalgia for GameStop. I think a lot of people do. So it'll be sad to see it go down. So you know, hopefully, Reggie could like save it. <laughs> yeah. Just making, like, the uh, in-store experience just, like, more fun, I think, would definitely, like, help. Yeah. And, like, more games <laughs> in the actual store sort of thing. So. Yeah, that would help a lot as well. All right. So now we got some weird news here. We got a Lego and Mario collaboration. Uh, so, I mean, when, when I saw the trailer for this, yeah, I just saw the thumbnail. I'm like, oh, they're doing a Lego Mario game. But, no, it's, like, a Lego <laughs> set. Um, and it's yeah. kind of cool. Like, you can make your own little, like, level. And the Mario Lego figure has, like, this little light-up thing. Like, his eyes can move, and he has a little thing on his stomach that, like, shows coins and different other animations, like, if you get hit or something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you, like, touch the flagpole, it, like, does the flagpole noise. When you get coins, it shows the amount of coins you have. So it really does look really cool and kind of expensive. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a really cool Lego set. You know, I'm not really a big Lego guy, but it seems cool that you can make your own little levels and things like that and just have Mario jump around and stuff. It seems really cool. Yeah, uh, as a person that works in a uh, place where Legos are sold quite often, um, this is probably going to sell out like almost instantly. Probably going to be on eBay with like scalpers and shit like that. Yeah. But uh, going on to like the actual like Lego set that we got, um, you know, like this is obviously like not like the traditional Lego set because this, this one has like sound effects and things like that. And like Lego have been like advancing like their tech quote unquote uh now because like there's an actual like lego car that you can can control with your phone what the hell (laughs) and i was like what the hell is this like it it honestly looks super duper cool and really really, like fun to like build and like you know afterwards you can actually control it on your phone like that's super dope you know so uh, with this, you know, Mario has like a little like Bluetooth thing on the back, so I'm not sure what that's going to do. That's going to be very interesting to see what that's actually capable of. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's like a build your own level sort of thing. There's probably going to be like multiple sets with like little pieces of like you know a certain level, and you could just like connect them and things like that. So uh, the one that comes with Mario is probably going to be the most expensive set to come by because. That Mario is probably not cheap because it has like a lot of like obviously like technological things inside of them. So, uh, you know, this is probably going to do super well, and they're probably going to make more. So, uh, this is going to be a very very cool thing to see 
uh, sort of foster because I know Nintendo like five years ago was like very hesitant in terms of like collabing with like other companies but now they're like very like open about it which is very nice yeah they seem pretty okay with it now <laughs> so <laughs> okay so last piece of news before we get into our recent activities uh horizon zero dawn is coming to pc this summer this was rumored for a while yeah uh that it was coming to pc and now it is so this is very good because the game itself is like it it pretty much like pushes the base model playstation 4 to its limits i feel uh so now that it's coming to pc like modding is probably going to be like a big thing if that is allowed um but yeah it's going to be very cool to go and see this game come back uh in terms of like you know the general like gaming spotlight because the game released in 2017 so it it's been a while so hopefully people that have yet to play can actually now play it now and enjoy the game for what it is because it is honestly one of the better like open world playstation games in my opinion yeah uh I've been like I remember being so hyped for this game, but then Breath of the Wild came out, and then I just didn't play mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so um, I, I really need to play it. I don't know if I'll play it on PC because I think I already have it on PS4. Um, but yeah, it, it is a game I've been really looking forward to, and I really should just play it at this point because it's been like three years. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm happy. You know, the more things that go cross like platform is always great. I know some people are mad because like. The taking out exclusives away, but I'm like, come on! <laughs> it's been like three years. Like you'll be fine. Like, yeah, you know, you, you're fine. Let other people enjoy the thing, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, on like PlayStation, especially, like you have so many like exclusives in general. Like yeah. it's kind of just like, ah, eh, we could like lend one over. You know, if it was like one of like the flagship like PlayStation IPs, like God of War or like Uncharted or something like that, like that would definitely be super weird. Yeah. Uh, to just like go on to like pc and stuff like that but this is like a newer ip so you know i guess playstation were kind of like all right you know we'll let you go to pc sort of thing so you know this is definitely gonna be very cool and see uh how well the game actually does on pc in terms of sales that that's the thing i'm most interested in yeah i think i think it'll do pretty well okay so let's get into our recent activities uh, I'll go first because I'm going to be pretty quick with mine. Go ahead. So uh, this is what I can remember what I did in, in the past two weeks. Uh, so more League of Legends, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, been on a super lost streak, but, you know, just now focusing on my gameplay. I was super frustrated, but, you know, it happens. Uh, you know, I haven't had, like, a super long lost streak like that in a very long time, but uh, hopefully I'm on the upswing now. Uh, then I played the Call of Duty Warzone, which is like uh, the Modern Warfare sort of like uh, Battle Royale mode. But now it's like available for everyone on the Blizzard app yeah, uh, for free. So I played that. I suck at it, but, you know, it's still fun. You don't have to do as much like micromanaging from my understanding. And that's why my brother likes it a lot more is that like he can focus on like shooting people and like having fun instead of like trying to like micromanage everything you know like armor and this and that yeah you know, i get trying that. To, like pick up you know things like that so it's more i guess casual but because of it it makes it more fun and a lot easier to like get into which is why i like it because i'm just like oh i'm running over dead bodies and i'm picking up everything that i need sort of thing you know uh and then i watched onward I'm a very risky boy going out there in the <laughs> fucking coronavirus going out to see a movie, but I was legit the only one in the fucking theater. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah, that was honestly like, and it was kind of scary because like when I walked into the theater, 
there was like nothing playing like the uh the trailers weren't playing or anything like that so i i walked in there it was fucking like pitch black and i like grabbed my phone turned on the the uh, light there was no one in there so then i was like oh shit <laughs> so then i <laughs> i had to walk out and be like yo uh there's nothing playing in a theater whatever he was like oh okay sorry about that i was like yeah yeah, yeah it's all right yeah. <laughs> i think that's happened before like w- when I went to go see Frozen 2, obviously there were other people there, so they went to go and complain for me. Yeah. But since I was the only one there, I was like, hey, uh, trying to watch Onward here. But going on to the actual movie, uh, Tom Holland and uh, Chris Pratt yeah, Chris play Pratt. the main like uh, characters or whatever. Uh, Tom Holland did a great job. I didn't really notice that it was him because tom holland actually has like a good range with his voice like you know when he plays uh, peter parker like he has like that sort of like new york accent sort of thing yeah and when he played this character i believe his name was ian uh you know it had like a different like accent but chris pratt was legit just using his voice for the <laughs> character which can be a little distracting for some people but personally after like the first like half of the movie i was like ah you know it's whatever it's i forget his character's name because i just viewed it as chris pratt actually but the movie itself it's super duper cute it's really like fun you know it, it's about like this like you know magic and things like that and how like uh back then like magic was like super relevant and then like you know technology came into play and you know not many people learn magic because this other stuff was just easier so definitely a very interesting like sort of like intro to the movie itself but as as the movie goes on it was like really really fun and really cute sort of thing because like normally when like disney does like animation movies like they're kind of like meh or like bad or they're frozen which is like the exception but this one was honestly like pretty good and i'm not sure how well it's doing at the box office because of the coronavirus but uh if it well it will go on disney plus eventually when it goes on disney plus just watch it there yeah that's what i'm gonna do Alright, so I got a lot of stuff. Um, so first, the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo came out. So this was supposed to come out a while ago, but then the game got delayed. So I guess they like released it, you know, uh, when were they released it? They released it like the beginning of March, I think. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, when I was seeing gameplay and stuff for this game and like all the trailers, you know, I already knew I was going to get it because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I recently played through the original Final Fantasy VII and loved it. So now I'm even more hyped for the remake. Uh, but, you know, I already knew how the game sound, how it looked. You know, it all looks incredible. But my main concern was kind of the gameplay. Like, I didn't know how it really was going to play and how it was going to feel. So this demo was really going to, like, you know, show me what what it was going to be like. And the combat is very good. And it's kind of the thing I really want to focus on. Um, it it's basically combines action combat with, like, sort of turn-based, like, elements, which is great. Um, you know, I feel like the problem, you know... Well, I don't have this problem with turn-based combat. A lot of people think it's boring or, like, you know, it's not, like, you know, it's not as interactive as stuff like that. And I could get that. You know, I, I like turn-based combat, but I could see where they're coming from. Uh, I mm-hmm. personally don't really like action combat in RPGs too much because usually just boils down to just spamming, like, you know, the heavy attack button or whatever. And then you use, like, an ability, like, occasionally. Like, it feels pretty brainless. Like, you know, it feels good in the beginning hours, but once you get later into the game, like, it just feels mindless. Um, I feel like this game does a good job sort of combining both in a good way. So, basically, uh, when any character attacks, you fill up your ATB gauge. And once it goes full, you could then go into, like, your command menu. Like, it's, like, basically, like, a turn-based RPG. And then choose, like, what you want to do. You could do, like, an ability, like, a character-specific ability. You could use a spell or you could use an item. And this plays in a lot. Like, it's not, like, just some gimmicky thing. Like, 
you know, you will attack normally, like, you know, like, it's an action game, and then you pause the combat when you want to, like, you know, when your bar fills up, so you could do, an, uh, like, a command and things like that, and it works really well, like, I felt like it never really break the flow of gameplay and stuff like that, um, obviously, there's other ways you could play, like, I think you could just make the game full on, like, the characters just auto-attack, and then you just command them through the, like, the uh, command menu, um, mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of like you shouldn't do that because the game itself feels great to play action wise. Like, all the attacks feel super meaty. Uh, like Cloud's Buster Sword feels so good to swing at dudes; it's great. Um, <laughs> and you know the tactical decisions are really good. Like because the game is difficult. Like the demo, like the final boss in the demo was kicking my ass. Like I really had to like make some really good decisions and when to like use my ATV gauge like effectively. Like oh, do I want to like make sure to like heal now? Because it's going to take a while for their bar to fill up, or should I like just do more damage and things like that? So it really gets you thinking. And this was like the first boss, so I'm like, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the combat really evolves later. Because you know, I, I feel like this is a combat system that could really like take a time to master, but it's easy to learn but hard to master. And I, I like that. It's great to have that in our RPG. Um, and another thing it fixes that the original seven didn't really do too well is like make all the characters feel really different gameplay wise. Because due to the materia system where you could slot materia onto any character and they could basically do anything they want, all the characters just kind of felt the same, especially at the end. Like, all my characters like the same character. The only thing that changed was the limit break. Um, in this game, like, they all actually are different. Like, you know, when you switch to Barrett, you have a gun, so that's good against flying enemies. Like, Cloud can hit that. Um, they have different, like, character-specific abilities. You know, that wasn't a thing in the original 7. Um, so yeah, I think they did a good job really making all the characters play differently as well. Um, I haven't played as Tifa yet because she's not in the demo, but she looks like she's like basically like a fighting game character with a bunch of different like things going on and inputs. Like that looks cool. So I'm really happy that they're really like defining each character to like how they should feel and like they all don't feel the same like they did in the uh, the original seven. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's still kind of dumb that the game is split up into like multiple parts. But whatever, you know, like, I'm looking forward to the game. The game feels fun. I think they're doing a good job with all the characters. The music is fantastic. So, yeah, let's hope Let's hope it's good. I hope it's good because I, I had a great time with the demo. All right, so next we got... This is, this is all just old games just remade. So now we got Pokemon <laughs> Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team, uh, Rescue Team DX. Um, so this is a remake of the original Red Rescue and Blue Rescue Team, which was the first Mystery Dungeon games. And when I first saw this during the that Pokemon Direct, I was so happy. You know, I, I have a really strong emotional, not emotional, nostalgic uh, attachment to the Mystery Dungeon games just because I remember them coming out. Like, I remember they released that special little, like, OVA type thing. Uh, I remember playing the demo in Best Buy and then finally getting it. Like, I, I remember all the hype up to this game coming out and just loving it. Like, I love Mystery Dungeon. Uh, uh, it, I just love it. <laughs> so <laughs> when they finally decided to remake it, I was excited because, you know, it shows that, hey, we're actually going to do, hopefully we're going to do more Pokemon spinoffs again because those have kind of been dead for a while. Like, uh, <clears throat> I feel like Nintendo or Game Freak is just like, um, they want to focus on mobile stuff, which is stupid. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, Pokemon Go is fine. But then they started making a bunch of other mobile things. Like uh, like Pokemon Rumble, they made a mobile game. Uh, Pokemon Masters. I'm just like, can, can we just go back to making, like, good spinoffs? I think Pokemon really is good for making, like, a bunch of different spinoffs. So seeing Mystery Dungeon get revived is pretty nice. 
But anyway, uh, let me just talk about the game <laughs> besides giving the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's Mystery Dungeon. There's a remake of Mystery Dungeon with a really nice art style. You know, it has that nice little storybook-looking thing. You know, the animations are still kind of jank, but whatever. <laughs> I think the game itself visually looks really good because uh, it just has a really nice art style. And the gameplay is basically Mystery Dungeon, and that could either be a really good thing or a really bad thing, depending on who you are. Because I think people finally get it, because the Mystery Dungeon games have always gotten really bad reviews because people just don't like the genre. But I think now with this game, people are finally saying the game is good. It just it just isn't for me, and I think that's fair because you know the game is a lot slower. You know, you walk around, you kill things, you pick up loot, and that's it. Like that's basically the whole gameplay loop. And you're either gonna like that gameplay loop and find it addicting, like I do, or you're just gonna find it boring and repetitive. So I think that's basically what the game boils down with a lot of people. But um, I don't know. It basically is just a remake of the first game, and if that sounds great to you, then get it. If it doesn't, then don't. <laughs> it's a very niche uh, series. You know, if you want to play the demo, because there's a, de- a demo available, try that. If you don't like the, uh, you know, like whatever you played in the demo, you're not gonna like the game because it's just that for like dozens of hours. So if you don't like the basic gameplay, then then don't get it. <laughs> That's basically my my opinion there. But yeah, besides mm-hmm. that, it's great. I love it. Uh, and then the last thing I played was Ori and the Will of the Wisp. So this is a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest. I loved Ori. I thought it was a fantastic um, Metroidvania. Uh, the only thing that I really didn't like about it was the combat, since you kind of just press X like a bunch of times and like your little spirit dude just auto attack things for you. It wasn't really that fun. Um, and Will of the Wisp, they really were trying to fix that because uh, all the trailers were showing like big bosses and like different weapons you could use. And yeah, I think they did a great job with the combat in this game. Actually, if you, you know, it's actually like combat. <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's the most in-depth combat, but it does feel really weighty and good. Like I got like this hammer that Ori could use and it feels great to just like knock enemies up and stuff like that. It's great. Um, and the bosses and stuff like that too are also really fun. They do a good job sort of combining sort of like the quote-unquote boss encounters from the first game where you're kind of just running away from a thing and it's like a hard like little platforming challenge uh they combine that with boss fights and i think it's they do they're doing a really good job so far from what i've played um you know and basically the game's just a bigger and better ori like if you played ori one it's basically ori it's basically ori one with better combat from what i'm playing um and a lot longer. I'm already 10 hours in, and I'm, the game is still going. It took me like nine hours to beat the first game. So yeah, the game definitely has a lot more content to sink into, and I love it. You know, all the positives I, I could say about Ori One, like the platforming and just all the upgrades you could get, you know, all f- applies to this game too. Because Ori Two is just like a better Ori One, and I'm very much enjoying it. So yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna talk about E3 getting canceled. Uh. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you aren't following the news and you've been living under a rock, unfortunately, there's a uh, coronavirus going around, and this shit is actually serious. Yeah. Um. So, like, my perspective on it when it was like going on for like the past week or so, I was like, eh, it doesn't seem that bad. But when you like watch like any like news network, like I can see why people are like freaking out. Because like that's all they cover on the the uh, news. Because like I, I I was at the uh, doctor's office and obviously they were just playing the uh, news or whatever. And like that's all they literally talk about is like anything related to the coronavirus, like happening in the U.S. This and that. And I'm just like, holy shit! Like this is actually like crazy, you know, stuff. And like I think people finally realized like that it was like getting really serious when like the NBA season got suspended and like. Uh, other things like that. I think uh, Tom Hanks got it. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, 
he's been tested positive for it, but you know he's he's probably gonna be okay because that man's rich and he's probably gonna get the the uh, treatment that he needs or whatever. And you know movies are getting delayed like a, a Quiet Place Two, New Mutants, Mulan, James Bond. Uh, you know, so like a lot of things are like getting delayed and, and like canceled because of it, and that just sucks. And obviously E three is just one of them. So, uh. Yeah, it sucks that E3 had to get canceled like this, but uh, personally, in my opinion, I think like E3 was going to like bite the dust eventually, and since a lot of people already pulled out, like uh, Jeff Keighley and like PlayStation, you know, I think that canceling it this year, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, like it super duper sucks, but like a lot of people were already pulling out. Yeah, so. um, like I feel you on that. You know, a lot of people are already like, you know, they're very bad-talking E3 and things like that. You know, there's been a lot of controversy over the past, like, I guess, two years since Sony kind of, like, dipped out of it. Like, if E3 is mm-hmm. even going to keep going anymore. Um, I mean, I, w- I would hate to see E3 just dead forever because I like E3. I know some people are super cynical and, like, you know, I don't like it. But, you know, it's useful to have, you know, a couple of days where everyone announces all their crap. You know, I don't want to keep up with, like, everyone having their own damn digital event. That just seems more annoying to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, E3 is fun, you know, I like just seeing all the cringe and stuff like that. It's always fun. <laughs> always have a good time with E3. But it seems like they really do, like, after this cancellation, they really should, like, you know, think about how they're going to do things going forward. You know, either they go back to just focusing on video games, you know, just have the press conference, no weird stuff, you know, that's it. Or if they want to maybe just do it all digitally, like everyone else now. We don't know. Like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You know, a lot of people are making the speculation that E3 is just dead now forever. I, I highly doubt that. I don't think it's just going to be dead next year. But I think big changes are going to come now uh, after this cancellation. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how this even goes forward now. Like, maybe all the companies just want to do digital events, you know? Maybe no one wants to actually go to E3 anymore. But, um, yeah. yeah, I guess we can only wait and see right now. Mm-hmm. Because uh, <laughs> the way I found out about this before, it was like officially announced that E3 was canceled. That Devolver Digital tweeted, "Cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all!" And I was fucking dying. You know? uh, I, was like, I don't know if they're memeing, but they weren't memeing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think in the era in like the time we are right now, is that like digital. And, like, the way news travels, like, I think doing digital everything is probably going to just be the wave. Because, like, Nintendo's been on this shit for a while. For once, they're actually ahead of the game. I know, right? And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, PlayStation's sort of, like, catching up. And, like, Xbox is going to do their own digital event along with Ubisoft this year. Uh, They've already confirmed that they will be doing digital, uh, you know, for E3. Um, And... You know, like I said, just the way news travels, digital events make sense because you don't have to invest so much money and time compared to going out to E3 and, you know, spending all this money on like booths and, you know, getting these people to like say things on stage, you know, memorize lines, this and that, read a prompter or whatever. You know, it is definitely a lot cheaper to just, you know, do it from your headquarters, just record, you know, pre record certain things, show off the games, you know, and have people online view it on like Twitch or YouTube, this and that. So I just think that the way we're moving, you know, if E3 becomes all digital, I'm not going to be against it, but it's definitely going to be a very interesting change because I think people like going to E3 because, you know, they get to try the games out early and first sort of thing. So uh, I hope the E3 event still be- is a thing like maybe like a shorter event but like the announcements happen like 
you know, leading up to it sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just like all the hype, honestly. Like, maybe mm-hmm. everyone could do their own digital event and it could all be on those days, but I highly doubt it <laughs> because you want all the spotlight to be on them when they do it. it it's just a pain to juggle all these things. And I think Nintendo's still the only one that does directs really well. The state of plays have been all garbage. Like, they all have not been great. <laughs> so I still have no true, faith true, true. in, like, Sony to do a good one. You know... Ubisoft, like, why am I going to watch a Ubisoft? Like, I don't, when I watch a press conference for Ubisoft, I'm like, I'm already there, so might as well. I feel like I'm not going to go out of my way to watch a digital event. Like, uh, Microsoft, yeah, because, you know, they're one of the big three, but I feel like everyone else is like, I probably couldn't really care less, like, unless they were at E3. So, I don't know. It, it, it depends. I think some people could do this, you know, have their own little event, and others can't. Like, I feel like others need E3 to really, like, for people to, like, care, but I don't know. It's hard to really say because, you know, this is all new. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. This definitely uh, sucks because this year in terms of, like, gaming is, like, definitely the biggest because yeah, we're going into the next generation for the big two. Obviously, Switch is still going to be around, uh, but for the PS5 and the next Xbox, you know, like, the fact that we don't have E3 this year is definitely sucks, but, you know, it's just outside sources that we can't control and we're trying to, you know... El- eliminate this virus so you know not having as many big crowds and like big events will obviously help uh and this is so long into the future you know it's e3 is supposed to happen in june and and the fact that they already canceled it in march you know pretty much says to them that like all right we're just like playing it safe like even if like the coronavirus like dies down like they just want to make sure that this shit is like eliminated which is like huge obviously like respects and props to them but you know like that like this is just the good like pr move because like nba suspended their entire season so like anything can happen at this point and like companies are obviously like willing to just like take a loss and be like i fuck it whatever because you know like this shit's serious and people are obviously not going to go to these events so you might as well just like ditch it all entirely yeah and you know the virus might only get worse because that's how viruses work you know i don't see it getting Mm -hmm. better unless a vaccine's made soon but that might take a while so, yeah, it's smart that they're canceling. You know, some people might say, like, oh, that's, like, three months in the future. Like, you know, this stuff might die, you know, die down by then. But I highly doubt it. You know, this is, like, a contagious disease, you know? Like, it's not like yeah. a hurricane or something where it passes and you're good. You know, like, it's just going to get worse with time, not better. Unless, you know, mm-hmm. we make a vaccine or something. So, yeah. Yeah, people are definitely super-duper scared because, uh, you know, it's, like, no paper towels or toilet paper. I'm sure the food's, like not looking good in them aisles you know grocery stores shout out to all my grocery store employees because i know how it is working on like busy like i guess like time frames like the holidays and stuff like that but fucking right now holy shit you know <laughs> like my co-workers like my co-workers that i used to work with i'm sure that they're just like i want to fucking die and quit so yeah that yeah. shit that shit's probably not fun. Yeah, not a good time for humanity right now. <laughs> you know, yep, just, yeah. yep. Twenty twenty sucks indeed. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, good sir? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Damien podcast, episode thirty two. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. See ya.